So thanks for doing this interview. The show is called Business of Hype. Okay. So, you know, oftentimes we talk about like how to inspire people to like follow their dreams. Mm -hmm. But this one, this show that I'm doing is more specific. It's more about like business stuff. Yeah. Not just follow your dreams, but the reality mm -hmm. of doing it. So in this talk, you can be much more kind of business minded. Right. All right. So do you have your phone on vibrate? Yeah. From Hype East Radio, I'm Jeff Staple, and this is The Business of Hype, a show about creative entrepreneurs, brand builders, hustlers, and the realities behind the dreams they've built. If you're a reader of Hype East, then this man really requires no introduction. Hiroshi Fujiwara and his company, Fragment Design, basically laid the foundation for street culture as we know it today. Back in 1998, I flew to Tokyo to meet and interview Hiroshi for The Fader magazine. I was an art director and a journalist for the magazine back then. At that time, it was the first piece of U.S. press ever written about him. And now today, I got him for what might be his first U.S. podcast interview. For all his contributions to the culture, you'll find Hiroshi's incredibly humble, incredibly funny, and succinct. I don't want to waste any more time, so let's get right into it. First thing, please introduce yourself, who you are, what you do. Yeah, I'm, I'm Hiroshi Fujiwara, and I do The Fragment. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. That's what I can say. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for doing this interview. Um, I think many people, you know, especially on the hype beast community, can mm -hmm. can know what you do and know the works that you've put out. Yeah. So I don't want to talk about which sneaker and which uh -huh. collab you did. I want to break down the different operations that your company has done, mm -hmm. and then you could kind of talk about each one. Right. Right. So because you've had your hand in many different things, like magazine. Retail, fashion, mm -hmm. collaboration, mm -hmm. you know, um, and then also Fragment as a company first. Yes. So maybe let's talk, let's start there. Fragment is a company. Fragment is a company. Describe this company. Uh, Fragment is a company. I, I mean, myself and Kojiro and Ku, like three of us, mm -hmm. just as three of us. And our policy is we know, we know making product in the Fragment. Mm -hmm. We just do help people, or well, we just go by myself to work with an uh, undercover, mm -hmm. or Louis Vuitton, or those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So we don't manufacture, we don't have a, you know, idea to do that yeah. kind of work. But I feel like many people know you as a brand that they want to buy. Like, we want to buy fragment things. Yeah. Right? But you say you don't we, make anything. We don't, we don't really make it. What Maybe sometimes, that? like, watch band, or, you know, like, just a small pieces, mm -hmm. we can, we make, because... Mm -hmm. No one else does it for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you make it yourself. Yeah. But you but, try to partner with someone who can make it. Mm -hmm. Right. Not really partner. I just go there and they make it. Uh -huh. I get little percentages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And would you call it then like a consultancy? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is that consulting is it agency kind of thing? Mm -hmm. I don't know. No. Mm, maybe. Not really, right? No. Maybe something else. I think maybe just a brand. Yeah. yeah. Well, the big difference between a consultancy and Fragment, I think, is that consultancy would work with anybody. Anybody who called, they'll help them. Yeah. But you're like... A Fragment yeah. is more design, kind of. Yeah. Not really consultant, I think. And I think it, because it comes from you. If you don't yeah. really love the product or the brand, mm -hmm. you won't really just work with it, right? Right. Okay. And I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear that Fragment is only... Three. Th like, yeah. really, founder, yeah. you, and two. Mm-hmm. Do you really purposely want to keep it that small? Yes. Why don't you want to have a big company? Most people want to have a big corporation. 
No, that's that's killing my freedom, I think. And also, I don't want to take a risk. Really, mm-hmm. you know, hiring people uh-huh. and making company bigger and bigger every year. Yeah, I I had a company. I was it's still there, but like head head porter mm-hmm. were good enough. When I did a head porter, like maybe maximum was like twenty five employees, but still it was really pressure for me. You know, I have to keep thinking about the salaries, or I don't wanna make a big company because mm-hmm. of it's a risk. And then um, when you say you want to make it your size, you mean you kind of want to see your yeah, whole company. capacity, my capacity. Yeah, I want to work in my capacity. Yeah, and my capacity is really small. I see. I found well, everyone's capacity is actually really small. Because you're just one person. Yeah. And the way a corporation works is you add many people so mm-hmm. that your capacity is bigger. Right. Than I one see. man. Uh-huh. But you want to just keep it your capacity. Yeah. I'm a solo, I think. So. I see. Okay. Why and is- also, I don't want to lend money or borrow money or, you know, I don't want to get somebody else's money at all. Mm. I just want to do it with my money. So I don't, you know, I don't borrow any money at all. Mm-hmm. That's what I envision says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hiroshi is sort of known as a tastemaker for the finer things in life. If you follow him on Instagram, you'll see him staying at the Amon Resort or eating at a five-star restaurant that Michelin doesn't even know about or wearing some six-figure Rolex that he just won at an auction. So I wanted to dive into how Fragment generates income and also how he feels about retail in this day and age. After all, even though he says Fragment doesn't quote-unquote make anything, it does fall under his jurisdiction how the public is able to obtain his creations. And Fragment as a as a design company, like you said, yeah. do you typically, is it like normal design company, like you charge a fee or you is it always percentage-based? Mm-hmm. Which one is it or both? Both. Okay. It depends on... When did it start, Fragment? Oh, I can't remember. 15 years ago, I think, 10 years, 15 years. Mm. Yeah. And before oh. that, it was good enough headboard. Good enough, yeah, headboarder, electric cottage, mm-hmm. yeah. Electric Cottage was also kind of a big company? Yeah, no big company. Okay. Small, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about uh, some of the other businesses that you did in the past. Mm-hmm. So like you did retail stores, right? Because Good yeah. Enough had a retail store. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. They didn't have any good oh, head, store. Headporter has. Headporter uh-huh. and ready-made. Ready-made, that's right. Ready-made, yeah. How do you feel about retail business? It's difficult mm. for me because I always change the... Uh, you know, interior and everything. So it takes many times and takes money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, I think it's really hard business to do a retail for me anyway. Even so for you always, even with not counting because of e-commerce or the future, like not counting that it was still hard for you. To for do. me, for me. Yeah. yeah. I cannot think about, I can't make a like strategy how to sell and that kind of thing so much. Mm-hmm. I need someone which may, which means makes, you know, company bigger. Mm-hmm. So, but recently you've done some really successful retail. So you did parking Ginza, Pool Aoyama. Yeah. So those but are that is like I produced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so it's that, it's I like the fragment model. You have a yeah. Right. Exactly. I don't have to do that kind of situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you go about picking the right people to to help you with this? It's basically friend basis, mm-hmm. and if I know them, like. I know the president of June very well. So he June, asked me. June is a company. June is a company who did a pool or parking. Mm-hmm. And he asked me to do, you know, something. And then I was bringing some people who I really trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, parking was also in partnership with Sony a bit, right? Sony had a hand in that, didn't it? Parking, the property was Sony. Okay. Yeah. But nothing so, else? They just gave you the property? Yeah. Okay. And I, they kind of agreed me to make a product, their own like t-shirts, other kind of things, which yeah. never happened. Yeah. Yeah. How do you get, a, like June is a huge company in Japan, right? Yeah. How do you get a huge company in Japan like June and a huge company in the world like Sony and you, which is just one man and two employees, <laughs> to work together to open this amazing space? How does that happen? Well, that's, again, like friend basis. I knew, I knew him very well when he was working as a, you know, the fashion business when he was like 20, 20 years old or something. June. June, the president. Okay, the president of yeah. June. Okay. And Sony, I've been working for Sony, not really working, but knew them long time, making like cell phones and things. I was helping to making it. Mm-hmm. So the, now he's a CEO of Sony, Sony, some, Sony has a big company, mm-hmm. but like Sony building in uh, Ginza. Yeah. There's a one company and he's a CEO of Sony building. Mm-hmm. But he used to be like, you know, kind of my type people working yeah. together. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So it's really old friends. And when you have this idea, do you have to like present them with no. a vision of parking? Not at all. No, I just go and talk. <laughs> so it's just like over dinners and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very organic. Yeah. I never make those kind of, you know, the, what do you call strategy the, plan yeah you never made a powerpoint no <laughs> <laughs> do you know how to use powerpoint not really the, what was the other one the, the keynote? Power, yeah keynote yeah i can make it because of i teach in uh, college okay. so i make something a little bit <laughs> if you want to work with most corporations you have to put together some kind of a pitch you have to take hours and hours of time and effort and put this pitch deck together and that's just to start on the project maybe hiroshi operates on a totally different scale he just takes people out to dinner and somehow it magically happens over these meals and i don't know if that's because he's super charming or what but he definitely doesn't operate under these same guidelines and rules there's a book called the secret and if you say things and speak things into existence they actually happen and while i don't think hiroshi has read the book it's a powerful device but i've seen him do this over and over and over again um i think you told me once that the sony parking project parking ginza project Kind of started when you were like on a radio show saying yeah. something. Can you tell that story? Mm-hmm. That is when I was doing pool Aoyama and I, we are kind of deciding let's finish a pool. And then I was talking on the radio. I want to do a, the concept of so called parking. There's one little Chinese restaurant in a parking, Ginza parking. It's a basement, like B3. Okay. In so just like a, a sub level Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Okay. In the parking and you know, there's a little red light in the parking lot, mm-hmm. and it's a Chinese restaurant. I always liked the idea. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mysterious. You yeah. Know? So I wanted to do a parking, the store in the parking. Mm-hmm. But and you had no idea where, which no, parking lot. You had no idea. No, no idea. Okay. And then the Sony guys called me, and yeah, we have a perfect property for you. So, <laughs> it was so he, actually, was, he was listening to he the was radio listening show. to the radio show. Right. Yeah. And it was actually the Sony building was rebuilding, mm-hmm. so he knew the plan. So I can only use like two years, uh-huh. which, you know, they can kind of give me a good price. Right. The parking Ginza was an amazing retail space. It covered two floors of a subterranean garage in the Sony headquarters building in Ginza, of course. 
One level was a remix of a Japanese classic Kisaten, which is basically like a Japanese old school cafe, and it was called Cafe Dorope. He sourced the greatest toasts from all over the world. Yes, toast. He even got a high end toaster oven company, Balmuda, to sponsor the entire cafe, which is genius. All the cups and saucers had little fragment logos engraved into them, and I'm sure people were trying to steal them. I remember one time I was there having some toast with him, and he looked around and said, I don't like the lighting here anymore. I went back a few days later on the same trip, and voila, all the lighting had magically changed. Next to the cafe was a Bonjour Records, which is one of the best music shops in Tokyo, curating select vinyl records. And downstairs was the main retail space, which featured the world's most coveted brands. This included a Double Taps tent, a Vanquish denim store, a ski gondola housing Burton's latest drops, a Ritoff fragrance section, which is a cosmetic brand that Hiroshi also owns, and of course, a full-on Nike shop. And the Nike shop was outfitted with Nike products that Hiroshi had designed. And finally, there was the Parking Ginza merch store, which was a place that you could let all your friends back home know that you had paid homage to the mecca of retail. You also did a lot in magazine. And magazine is like a very broad term, right? Because magazine, you started your career、mm-hmm. like in print magazine.、Yeah. And then you did Honeycomb, which、mm-hmm. is a, one of the first digital blog magazines.、Mm-hmm. And now you have Ring of Color, which is another sort of magazine, right?、Mm-hmm. So tell us your experiences in working with magazines. Working with magazines at the early 80s, that was not like now. The magazines are the only media you can have.、Mm-hmm. Like TV is kind of way too much. And magazine was a like, subculture symbol, isn't it? To、yeah. have、uh, your own. Z. Pages、yeah. or something in the magazines. Right. So that's what I did. I was kind of introducing what's happening in the overseas. Like I've been traveling London, New York. So not many people can see what's really happening in London, New York.、Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of introducing you know, those new things. Was it a job?、Mm, yeah, I can say. A little money. I can make a little money.、Uh-huh. Yeah. And like, was your travel like, paid for?、Uh, not really. <laughs> But they can cover maybe even 50 50. Okay. Yeah. But you did it anyway,、mm-hmm. even though it wasn't a lot of money. No. Why I, did you do it anyway? I like it. I like to see. I like to travel. I、mm-hmm. like to see many things.、Mm-hmm. And I have a knowledge of those things. So I want to kind of, you know, tell people、yeah. what I'm doing, what, what is going on. Right. And I guess the intangible effect that happened from that is by doing that a lot, yeah, I think you、so. became like an expert. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, because the. I didn't really do if someone asked me to introduce, which I don't like, you know what I mean? Like some shoe company comes, yeah, Hiroshi, please, can you show this on the page? And then I said, no, I don't like this, you know? So I didn't do that kind of thing, even they paid. Yeah. So I think audience kind of trust me what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So naturally you became like an editor. Yeah. Because、so. someone would give you something, please write, you would say, yeah, no, no, thank you.、Mm-hmm. So you're editing out. Yeah. Yeah. Selecting. And then how about, When print magazines started to decline in business and the rise of digital and blogs started to happen,、mm-hmm. you started Honeycomb. Yeah. Did you see that? Like, I, didn't, I couldn't really see the print magazines going down so much. Well, then why did you want to start Honeycomb? Well, Honeycomb is not the first one, you know. Maybe,、oh, really? Yeah, I mean, it may no, be the no, first one for the blog. Yeah. But like Hypebeast and those kinds of already there. Yeah. And many digital media were. Thing was there. Yeah, but I think I feel like the way Honeycomb did it、yeah. with like a, a panel of experts
mm-hmm. and a regular blog was really unique. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But why? So why did you even feel like you wanted to start a digital blog? Me and Kiyonaga and Hiroki from Visvim. Okay. So three of us. So Kiyonaga owns Sof. Sof, yeah, and Hiroki from Visvim. Yeah, and me. Like three of us was, you know, sitting having coffee, a cup of tea, and then talking. Hey, shall we do the digital media or digital things? Because we never done,、mm-hmm. and we are kind of looking. I mean. We are following those things. Yeah. Now maybe it's time to do it. Is a you know too late or too early? That、oh. kind of conversation, and we start. And I, I was an editor. Well, I am an editor, kind of you know, and I can write.、Mm. So I said the blog was kind of popular, getting popular, but there's no picture on the blog.、It、used to be blog is just writing. Writing. Yeah. yeah. So. I travel and we have all digital cameras.、Mm-hmm. So why don't we put up nice pictures、mm-hmm. with a you know talking、yeah. blog? So that's what's happened. Okay. Yeah. And then what did Kiyonaga and Hiroki do? They did a blog also. Oh, they wrote yeah. too.、Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were all editors basically,、yeah. and you all just threw in money and did it.、Mm-hmm. So self finance in the、yeah. beginning. Okay. Three or four, five. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Can you talk a little bit more about self financing and the risk behind that? I don't think there's many risks. You're just losing a little bit money.、Uh-huh. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've I've talked to other people about this interview who like just started a magazine or started a、mm-hmm. you know mixtape or something like that. Yeah.、And、I think a lot of young people might be they want to do it, but they're scared to lose the money. What do you say to those people? It's much better than you using somebody else's money and lose it. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah.、Okay. Yeah. Even the bank. I mean, I'm kind of scared. Maybe I'm old school.、Mm-hmm. If you borrow money from bank and it's you fail, maybe you lose more things. Yeah, thing. Right.、Mm-hmm. So you'd rather just spend your own money. Yeah. Okay.、Mm-hmm. Or kind of good friend or good people who can trust. You know, I mean, like kind loan you money.、Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe it's better than I think get money from the bank or bank、credit. or yeah the investors. Yeah, because if you lose that, you're in legal trouble,、mm-hmm. right? I talk to many people about finding the finances to fund their dream, and there's two varying camps here. One is quite popular in America and the Western world, and it's known as OPM, and it stands for Other People's Money. They say always use other people's money when you can. Why risk your own, right? Well, Hiroshi definitely sits on the other side of this fence. It might be something intrinsically Japanese. I'm not sure, but his thing is why risk your credit and your reputation, and more importantly, your freedom? It's a question that every entrepreneur must answer at some point. Okay, let's move to fashion. Yeah. Did you? What were the fashion brands that you did yourself? Good enough. Uh huh. <laughs> Just myself. I don't know. What was it? I think so. The electric cottage. Yeah. Maybe. And. I think that's all. No, head porter.、Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think about going into the fashion business? If someone asks you for, should I go? Should I start a fashion brand? What do you think? Of the young kids, kind、yeah. of. I think it's a difficult time to do a fashion brand、mm-hmm. because it's everyone's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think it is? Why? Why fashion is like something that people can't stop doing, even though it's such a tough business. Even though we have H and M and Zara and Forever Twenty One, you know. But for some reason, people still feel like I want to make my own fashion.、Mm. Why? I think people know where what he wants to, and if there's a good the fashion brand you can trust, you can wear it. Or 
it's in, inspired to make you something.、Mm-hmm. I think it's happened to us too. For me, and skate, I start good enough with me and the skate things.、Mm-hmm. Um, skate he, thing from Bathing Ape was part of good enough? Yeah. Oh, okay. So he came to me, hey, Hiroshi, let's make a t s h i r t you know, because like Stussy or like Punk's movement, they all have a printing t s h i r t So, you know, he asked me to come, let's make a t s h i r t and they, yeah, let's do it.、Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a good enough starting. Okay. So now maybe the kids think the same thing. It's like, hey, Staple makes, you know, printing t s h i r t The t s h i r t maybe we can do it. I, I don't think we can make a sneakers, we can make a, You know, trousers, but maybe t-shirts we can do it. Yeah. So let's do it. Right. That kind of little organic way which you can start. Yeah. And it's kind of low entry to start、mm-hmm. a t-shirt. Yeah. I like how recently you did it, like you made t-shirts with Sakai,、mm-hmm. which is, but it, it was like a bootleg t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like you were getting back to like the skate boots, right? <laughs> kind of. I think there's a space, I mean, the room for the Sakai, which she doesn't do.、Mm-hmm. You know, she never do like printing t-shirts、right. with Sakai on print. So I asked her, I want to make a t-shirt with a Sakai on it. And then, yeah, you can make it. And I did make like 20 t-shirts with an American apparel brand. Like、yeah. just printing, you know,、yeah. bootleg, really real bootleg.、Mm-hmm. And I gave a few for her and she said, oh, Hiroshi, can you make this for the actual Sakai?、Uh-huh. Yeah. So、That's、it started as 20? Yeah, started as like 10 or 20.、Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay.、Mm-hmm. And it was really bootleg. Right. You know? But now it's like a... Now、really、it's like offshore bootleg. Oh, it's awesome. This story of how Hiroshi started to collaborate with Chitos Abe-san and her brand Sakai is indicative of how he likes to work. He's direct, honest, and intimate. He's a master at deciding who is the right partner, when is the right time, and how to execute it. But at the same time, he doesn't let his ego get in the way. By definition, the word collaboration involves two or more parties, and Hiroshi seems to intuitively know when it is his turn and when it is their turn. All right, I want to move into collaboration,、mm-hmm. which you've done a lot of collaborations with really big companies. Like、mm-hmm. you mentioned, Sony, and、mm-hmm. there's Starbucks, and Burton, and Levi's, and Nike, obviously.、Mm-hmm. When you walk into a meeting, With these executive, really corporate people. Yeah. Right. And you mentioned that it starts off usually over a cup of tea and you have a conversation.、Yeah. Mm-hmm. But eventually, you have to go to the headquarters and have the like boardroom kind of meeting, right? Don't you? No, really. No. <laughs> you never do? <laughs> no. With a big, you know, many of them. Yeah. yeah. No. You always want to keep it small? Mm hmm. Okay. But how do, you get thing, how do you get your vision done if you don't involve everybody? Isn't it? Anyway, the making product is a small team,、yeah. I think. Maybe you have to have agreement with those kind of executives,、mm-hmm. maybe. But I never really did it. Really?、Mm-hmm. You, do you ever feel like you have to、um, defend yourself and your ideas to these corporations? No. No. No, I don't. I'm, I'm really easy. And then if I make one thing to the big companies, it's theirs. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't own any copyright or anything.、Mm-hmm. So they can do whatever they want.、Mm-hmm. Some designers are kind of upset、yeah. if they did one, you know, if they did make one style、mm-hmm. and then company kind of rip off their style and do, <laughs> keep doing it.、Yeah. Someone kind of, I understand designers are upset, but I don't care. I thought, I think that is my thing. You know, I'm bringing in first time, I mean, the beginning.、Yeah. And then they can 
sell more and more. Right. That's the benefit for the yeah. company. Yeah. Right. So you don't care if they no. keep doing it. No. Okay. But do you ever have like uh, corporations have a reputation for kind of taking advantage of you know individual designers and creatives, right? Mm-hmm. So do you ever run into a situation where you feel like maybe you're being taken advantage of? And if you do, what do you do about that? Well, I I don't really feel it already. No. No. So I I think that is a job I do. Like Nike, you yeah. know, and pick up some shoes, pick up some sneakers, mm-hmm. like which no one really touched it, mm-hmm. like Court Force or maybe Sock Dart. And then I kind of made it. And then after, you know, after that, anyone can do it. Mm-hmm. Any company can do it. Yeah. Like Nike can do their own thing. I don't even know which color they're doing. I see. You know, only first one, first model I did. Uh-huh. And then the other one, I, see. I don't. So you're almost like a prototype yeah. designer. I think so. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you work with a big company, right, how about the, do you do the negotiation yourself or somebody else in your company does it? Somebody else, mm-hmm. but we don't really have so much negotiation. Maybe the big company have uh, like legal issues like copyright or like, you know, the trademark yeah. things. But yeah, I don't do it. I have a lawyer kind of to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no negotiation, meaning you say what you want and then that's it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and great. they never say like so let's say you say oh I want to do this for uh, I'd like to get paid a hundred dollars they never come back and say like oh can we do it for seventy dollars yeah that is my lawyer does I think okay yeah I see mm-hmm. and then you don't, lo- don't negotiate about money so I see why did you want to separate your negotiation to somebody else because I don't even know how much I have to be honest I don't have a Bank check things. Mm-hmm. My, you know, the other guy keeps it. So I haven't seen the account or how much I have 20 or 30 years. In, in 20 or 30 years, yeah, you haven't seen how much money you no. have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what property I have. You don't even know what properties you have, no. but you know you have property. I have a property, maybe a few, my house uh-huh. and the kind of things, but I don't know how much or I don't, I don't really know nothing. Is a part of you scared to see how much you have? What I mean? Uh, no. Are you scared to see no, it? No, I just don't have to. Maybe maybe I'm scared to see, but I don't need to, I guess. Yeah, not. I mean, scared in a way, like maybe if you saw it all, yeah. you'd be like, holy shit, this is mm-hmm. a lot. One time, I accidentally saw the <laughs> tax paper I have to pay. Yeah. That was scared. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're like, holy, how can I keep paying this yeah, tax? Yeah. So since then, I never opened the envelope. <laughs> you don't want to accidentally no. see it ever again. Wow. So, you, so okay, let's talk about the person or people that you trust to do this. Because mm-hmm. obviously, there's a relationship there yeah. where you fully trust them. Mm-hmm. And you know, in America, you always hear these stories of like celebrities who trusted their accountant too much and then they go to jail because they didn't pay the tax. <laughs> you know, like there's all yeah. these stories like Martha Stewart, TLC, mm-hmm. you know. So you obviously have a really trusting relationship with this person or people yeah. How did you develop? How did you meet these people? How did you trust them? That was when I started Good Enough. Oh, you know? so it's There's like a, over yeah. 20 years now. Mm-hmm. 20, or I started Good Enough like 1988. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like 30 years. Yeah. Right? Same team, same people. Yeah. Same Is it a team or a person? Just one person? person, I think. Okay, just one person. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and he was already known so the business. Uh-huh. So he helps to do a good enough. 
Okay. And then, well, Gudo has really nothing, just one T-shirt, starting with one or two T-shirts. Yeah. And then kind of grow, and not only Gudo and I had the head, both of everything. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, behind, the, him is, he, he is always behind yeah. the business going. Do you, you're a creative, obviously. Do you think it's better that creatives don't touch the money? It really depends. Some people love making money as a creation too. Mm. Yeah. Like in the 90s, I, I think making money is actually a trend. Mm-hmm. You know? Like Wolf like, of Wall Street. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, maybe more like our age, maybe you, you wanted to make a t-shirt. You wanted to do a creative work. Mm-hmm. So money is kind of second. You know, second yeah. things. But in the 90s, people want to make money. Oh, I want to make money. I want to be a rich. What can I do? Maybe be a DJ. Maybe right. making a T-shirt. Maybe making a brand yeah. to make a money. Right. First was how do I make yeah, money? Yeah. yeah. That was in the nineties. Uh huh. Yeah. So your whole thing first was I just want to make stuff. Yeah. So you always had somebody else thinking about the money. Mm-hmm. Right. So do you even know? Like you obviously don't know. You said you don't know how much money you have, but do you even know how much you have to spend? <laughs> to what? Like, do you have a paid, do you have a payroll? Are you like paid? Do you get a paycheck? No, really. No. So does anyone ever call you and like your, your accounting guy, mm-hmm. he's like, Hey, Hiroshi, you kind of spent too much money this month. <laughs> no, no one, no one asks me. No one ever says no. that to you. <laughs> no. You should try for that. <laughs> you should try to spend so much that someone yells I at you. I always ask. Oh, you, you know, ask somebody yeah, first. I wanna buy a big single, maybe buy a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I always ask, is that enough money you have for this car and the kind of things? And then they always say, ah, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. I want to know what you asked for and they said, mm, maybe not good. <laughs> I don't say that. No, you... I guess I know my capacity. I see. You've yeah, never asked for something way. and they were like, no. you're crazy. I think that's when I was young too. Mm-hmm. I never ever thought I want to drive a Mercedes uh-huh. because I was enjoying doing myself. Mm-hmm. So maybe a friend of mine was making money and then, you know, buying big cars yeah. or that kind of things. But I never envied it. Uh-huh. I never thought, you know. Yeah. Like I'm always enjoying in my capacity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you came from a, a small town, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you come from like money or you came from middle class or what was it like growing up for you? Uh, just, just a regular family. Yeah, not uh, super rich. No, not at all. Yeah. Do you think um, growing up, you know, some people talk about when you grow up in a rich family, mm-hmm. there's pros and cons, right? Right, yeah. Pro is obviously you have money that you can play with. Con mm-hmm. is do you value money? Right. Do you think you have a, a value for money? Like you appreciate how hard it is to get it? No. You don't? No. Why not? <laughs> Because I had enough money for my capacity. Yeah, simple yeah. life, simple, simple life. Yeah. yeah. So if you say give me, you know, hundred dollars for a week, I can live. Even today. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that yeah. Kind of things. I think so, so too. Yeah. Um, I remember like there's a there's a good story where you know Elon Musk, the Tesla guy, he mm-hmm. said, I, I calculated once that if I just got eighty dollars. I can live off ramen and yeah. like, you know, sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. So as long as I make anything over $80, it's like a bonus. Uh-huh. And that's how he still lives his life today, he said. Right. Yeah. Maybe I'm not that, you know. You're not that. I, I enjoy a thousand dollars too. Okay, not I, 80. I enjoy a hundred dollars also. <laughs> right. So. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. And then last bit, like, if there's a young person and a lot of people look up to you, 
right? What are some bits of advice that you give to young people that want to be the next Hiroshi Fujiwara? <laughs> it's nothing next to me because of the time is different, you、mm-hmm. know, the starting time. I, was, I think I was lucky starting in the 80s because the fashion is growing、mm-hmm. and the street fashion is just beginning.、Mm-hmm. So I, was, I feel really lucky to be in the scene. So now, maybe some technology or whatever, it must be something which I don't know, which you don't know,、mm-hmm. you know, some young, something for which only young kids can know. Yeah. Yeah. They should find the area. Right. Yeah. So it's like an opportunity, right? Like、mm-hmm. when you were young, you saw opportunity、yeah. in fashion. I mean, there's、mm-hmm. a new opportunity now. I think so. Right. Maybe even in the fashion, maybe there's some new opportunity.、Mm-hmm. Right. When is the last thing that you saw that was new and you were like, wow, this is like a new wave? It's not really new and new, but like I like a cold wall. Because、mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's not which I want to wear.、Uh-huh. But. I think that's different. You sense some newness about it. Yeah. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Like how he incorporates architecture and structure. Yeah. Into something interesting. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so it's good that people are still doing new things in fashion.、Mm-hmm. I, I like to know what's, what's going on, even I don't wear it. Right. If you're into shoes in really any capacity, You probably understand the concept of reselling. Highly coveted shoes are gobbled up, resellers mark them up based on market demand, and the end user pays the price. While these resellers used to be sneaker fans like you and I, this little cottage industry has now ballooned into a multi billion dollar behemoth. It even has its own stock market now. Just check out stockx.com. And as a creator of these items, I wanted to get Hiroshi's take on it. You're really interested in reselling. Yeah. Do you know people who make billionaire from reselling? reselling things, yeah.、Right? Yeah. And it's basically you cannot really stop right now.、Mm-hmm. So. No. And I remember the days when like Nike and stuff like really hated resellers.、Mm-hmm. Right. But now you can't beat them. You have to join them. It is crazy because these people make so much money. But they don't、that、make、nice. anything. Yeah, like us, what I start, like good enough and things. Those t shirts became really expensive,、mm-hmm. like 10 times expensive.、So、you know, I make like $30 and deselling is $300. Yeah.、Right? And then. So you make $30, but the yeah, other kid makes $300. The other kid makes like 10 times more、yeah. money, right? And then, but in fact, people think I'm making the money.、Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really know what's the situation, what's、yeah. going on. So people obviously say, oh, Hiroshi is. Making t shirts at $300.、Yeah. That's what people think.、Yeah. So it's, it's not really true. Yeah, of course.、Right? And so, In fact, did it make you mad? A little bit. It must、yeah. have a little bit mad, right? Yeah. yeah.、Mm-hmm. So maybe we have a good talk next one or something. Yeah, next yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> But I, th- no, yeah, I think it's interesting、one. now that it's kind of become a thing where you just have to accept it、mm-hmm. reselling. It almost tells you, or Nike, or me, that you're doing such a good job. At your job, that there is a resale value. So, on the one hand, you get mad that, like, oh, this kid is, does nothing. He literally just bought it and is reselling and is making hundreds more than me. Yeah. But it's, he's also saying to you, you're so good at what you do.、Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> it's really true. The, that is maybe better than the people who d o e s n t care about the fashion and buying things for making money. Yeah. I saw、oh. that's happening too. For sure. Yeah. A lot. So, I don't like that way. Yeah. If, Like people like us, 
we really like Nike shoes, so I want to buy one for me, mm-hmm. but why don't I buy 10 yeah. and selling it, right. making money? It's a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. But it's definitely better than nobody wants to buy your stuff because there's no resale value. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Mm. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's weird. I used to I used to hate it too. And I had the same problem where people think like my pigeon dunk is worth 8000 So, Jeff, you must be super rich because you made this shoe. Yeah. Meanwhile, I only have one pair <laughs> and I only made, you know, $100 on it. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Everyone else is making the money, not me. Right. But it's like this perception that because you made this, you must have a lot of money from it. You know? Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> Any other advice? Um, no, but this show is really interesting. So you should keep doing it. Maybe we can talk about more like business. Great. Thanks for listening to our first episode. You can find out more about the show or listen to future episodes at hypebeast.com slash radio. You can subscribe to us wherever you listen. I personally use Overcast. And you can reach out to me on Twitter at Jeff Staple. Check us out on the web at businessofhype.com. And you can email any questions you might have to questions at businessofhype.com. The Business of Hype is directed by Daniel Nevetta. It's edited and produced by Bright Young Things. You can check them out at byt.nyc. Engineered by Andre Zakow and Vincent Staropoli. This was recorded at Sibling Rivalry Studio and on location in Dubai at Seoul DXB. I'm Jeff Staple, and you've been listening to The Business of Hype on Hype Beast Radio.